0: Caroline, she's a queen of talking. Hey, what's on your mind? She's getting real, not afraid to feel. Take a soul to soul, just let it flow. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline.
2: I'm so happy to be here with
3: Madison Pruitt Trout. You match your book. <laughs> I do. Do it you do planned. that? It was planned. Really? Mm-hmm. Have to. Are you only wearing pink on this book tour? I'm trying to wear pink. I was told by my team that that's the way to go so that we match and everything's in cohesion. I like but that. I also am just in my pink era. I think it's perfect for like the Barbie movie mm. and the Eras tour and everything else that's going on right now. Yes. So it it all worked out. So you're, how are we sounding? Okay. Is
2: this good? We're testing with a mic. This is called Get Real. Just, you know, <laughs> go ahead and test, test, test. I'm turning side profile. Got the camera rigged just right. Um, Maddie. Do you go
3: with Maddie or Madison? Or both? Either. Okay. I feel like I introduced myself as Madison, but everyone calls me Maddie. Okay. Yeah. So I was reading your book
2: and I was thinking to myself, like, man, uh, you would think I wouldn't know how to sit in a chair. I was reading your book and I was like, man, this is so my life on some (laughs) level. I was so boy crazy my entire life. And you've had a big life. Like, and I feel like, I loved how you're kind of explaining it like a game, like, Originally, you got rejected when you were 16 years old,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that started you on this whole journey of, does he love me? Does he not? And then it was kind of like the cycle of seeing if people would fall in love with you. and the- But it's not like you're trying to do it on purpose. You just were looking for that love and that validation yeah. through another human. Yeah. And I feel like I did the same thing, and then I never could give the love back because I was so scared they would reject me. Totally.
3: Totally. That was like my entire everything until probably a year and a half ago and I like think back to that 16 year old version of myself and I'm like I wish I could just go up to you and be like there's so much more than what you're looking for and what you're trying to settle for but I also am super grateful for the journey that's led me here because I've just learned so much about life about love about myself about my faith, about my identity along the way. And I'm so grateful for that. And even starting, I started writing this book single. And so I was single and miserable and bitter and angry. And I was like, everyone else is in relationships. Everyone else is getting married. Literally my best friend at the time had just started dating someone. And I just started feeling so left behind, left out. And again, just boy crazy wanting to be with someone. And that's where I just really felt so just like, got so convicted of like I am looking for the right thing just in all the wrong places. And I just I gotta stop being so thirsty for love and so thirsty for attention. Um and so I really wrote from that place and I talk all about that in the book. Like I have a whole chapter on being a pick me girl and I love
2: that. Actually I was taking some all of pick things. me. Yes. Like I the pick me I I thought that was really awesome. And tell me about that. What is a pick me girl?
3: Yeah. So I really wanted to take like all the different like cultures approach, you know, the trends, the songs. I wanted to take a lot of those things and kind of add, you know, my testimony to those things and the truth that I found um in Christ through all of that. And so it's it's really cool. Like I have each chapter like one's titled The Pick Me Girl, one's titled He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not um you know I have one on drive it before you buy it I have which, all sex kinds before of <laughs> marriage which I think is such a great point I oh my god and you even talk about
2: pornography and stuff yeah yeah which, we get
3: real we get real
2: we get real which I relate to there too because I yeah. found my grandfather's playboys when I was like eight years old and I just was obsessed with looking at them yeah. I had never seen anything like it in my life and yeah. I was like am I addicted to porn? (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, anytime I could go to, like, a TV where there's, like, options to watch porn, I would want to see it. Just because, like, how can you not? It's like watching a, it's like, you know, watching a car accident, but opposite, you know, just you can't stop watching. Yeah. I love that you, like, you really hit some core issues in this book. Yeah. And I love, like, with The Pick Me Girl, you actually took it all the way, as far as you can, to The Bachelor. I mean, that's as, like, pick me as you can get.
3: I'm like I was in the most pick me environment you could be in because it, it's true. Like I, how do you not have that feeling when you're on a show like that? You know, but you got like, picked. I want to be picked. I want to be jo- ish. So what It was a pilot <laughs>
2: picked to ish. You you were picked, and then what happened
3: at the end? So I walked away the day before the proposal. Um, and just did not feel like, you know, our values and our convictions aligned and just didn't feel like he was the person that I was going to be able to build a life of faith and purpose with. And so I walked away from the relationship and then he- but you up, were the final one, right? Um, There's two of us. Okay, okay. And then he ended up getting engaged to the other girl. Mm. And then they got broke back it off. with the original girl that made dated before the show. No, then we got back together. Y'all got back together? We went into the finale together. And then after the finale, that's when I broke up. Where we broke up again, and then he got back together with another girl. It was very complicated. <laughs> very love. It was very complicated, and uh, it was you know a pressure cooker environment, such high, intense emotions. And truly look at that time, and I am grateful for all that I learned. Like I think it definitely tested my faith. I think it tested my identity. Like where am I looking to and turning to for my value and validation? Um, am I trying to find it in a rose? Am I trying to find it in, you know, being picked by this person and just trying to remind myself and the the girls around me, like, Hey, our worth is not in this person choosing us. Like our worth and value is in something so much greater than a rose, than a show, than likes, than compliments. Like it's so much greater than that. And, you know, reminding myself, like, if you don't get this date, if you don't get this rose, like this rejection just leads to, you know, God's redirection to something better. And having that peace and knowing that I don't want to allow other people who maybe don't even know who they are to determine who I am and my worth and value. And just continuing to get to that place of like, okay, Maddie, this is who you are. This is what you believe. This is what you value. Like, don't leave it in the hands of other people. Like, you stand firm to who you are and what you hold as valuable. And so I tried to remind myself of that. I was not perfect by any means. Um, you know, and there's definitely moments, you know, that I would go back and and probably try and challenge myself and encourage myself a little differently. But um, I'm super grateful for all that it taught me and what I learned along the way in that process.
2: Do you think that people actually, well, you being the people like do you, is you, is it like real love or is it honestly, is it like just like the pressure of this one person? Cause how can that many women love one guy?
3: Honestly, when you're so in the environment, I am the most practical, logical person ever. And I was in that environment and you just get, you get swept up, you get caught up in it and You know, you're all focused on this one person and you all want to be picked and chosen by this one person. And it can get really easy in the midst of that to lose yourself and to compromise and to... Um, You know, change yourself to be liked or picked. And that's why I had to continue to remind myself, Maddie, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. Because it's so easy in that environment to lose yourself. Um, and, And in a lot of different environments for anyone listening, like I've seen that even the pressures that I felt throughout high school, throughout college, you know, even after graduating of wanting to fit in, wanting to be picked, wanting to be chosen whether it be by a guy or a friend group or whatever it may be um and so yeah i definitely it, it was it was a lot and i i would say like the feelings were were real like i i definitely am not someone who can like fake it like I, I, just can't do that. People can, people know when I'm not being real. They're like, I can see it on your face. I'm not good at hiding it, so it definitely was real for me. But I think as soon as you know, I made that decision of just like this isn't going to work, and we knew that that was the best decision to make. Um, yeah, I, I had such peace about that.
2: Did you feel pressure, like deciding that you were not going to like, have sex? Like you know, like that wasn't that a thing that you made clear?
3: Yeah. Um, like to not go into the fantasy suites. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had voices around me with opinions, but I would say that, you know, for me, I already knew what I was going to do before mm-hmm. I even got on the show. Like, I think. Can you talk
2: about that in the book? Yeah.
3: Setting ahead of time. Like, yes. What is it? Like pre-deciding. Yes. I think that is such a good practice for anything in life. You know, I think so often we find ourselves in moments of pressure and temptation and we just let our feelings lead us or we let, you know, our circumstance or environment lead us. And then, you know, it leads down this road of like resentment and regret. And we're like, how did I get here? Versus if we actually took the time to ask ourselves the really hard questions and decide before the heat and pressure of the moment then we can really live a life based off of our values and our convictions rather than like our feelings that are always changing. Because I know for me, like I've been in moments where my feelings were telling me one thing one moment and then something completely different another moment. And I'm like, well, which is true? And so I've had to go back to like, well, what do I value? And then let me set up like, you know, disciplines and practices and decisions based off of that. And so I had already decided before the show, like I'm no matter what, if I were to make it that far, like because of what I value, I'm not going to go into the fantasy suites. Um, I'm going to, you know, express me waiting until marriage and my stance on purity. So I'd already predecided that. But, you know, you still get in the moment and there's still temptation yeah. and there's still pressure. But, yeah, it was just a lot of prayer. And um, and then just, yeah, going for it and being like, well, this is what I value. I don't know what's going to, you know, come of this or how you're going to take it or other people are going to take it. But this is, this is who I am.
2: I love that. I think that is so great. And I love that you're taking a stand for God. Like, I feel like I have always been spiritual and I've always believed in God and the higher thing, but like recently I'm just realizing you, it is so important to just talk about God all the time, Mm -hmm. include him in your life, share. And when you're going through something stressful, instead of like just trying to work it all out as you're human, really. Lean on God and I feel like you do so many practices like that like I Literally your whole book is like a how-to the love everybody wants but it's really (laughs) like it's already yours, but okay so you talk about There's several cycles that you do like the shame cycle which I thought that was so great. And the purpose of rejection. So talk to me about that a little bit.
3: Yeah. So I talk about in the book, like the purpose of rejection that sometimes we need to like realize that we got to thank God for the closed doors and the no's and the rejections just as much as we thank him for the yeses and the open doors. Because I think, It's a lot easier to be like, yes, I got what I wanted. I got what I asked for. Thank you, God. But we forget to thank him for even the, you know, unanswered prayers the way we wanted them to be answered um, or the closed doors or even the rejections, because I look back at my life and I'm like, praise God, you know, I'm like, praise God that that didn't work out the way I wanted it to or the way I thought it should or, you know, he didn't answer the prayer according to how I wanted it to be answered because he saw the bigger picture And I've seen, you know, when you take your rejection to God, he really can use it as redirection for something so much better. And also as protection. I think I've seen in my life, like sometimes rejection came in the form of God protecting me for something that I was about to settle for. Mm. And there were many times that I was like, no, God bless this. I want this. Like, this is what I'm going after. And I look back now and I'm like, oh my goodness, like that could have been really, really bad. Um, Had I settled for that and I don't know who I'd be today. I don't know where I'd be today had, you know, God answered that prayer. And so I've even seen, you know, rejection, you know, be something as amazing as just protecting you for something that I think in our human nature, sometimes we want to settle for. Um, And so I've seen rejection as a blessing. Of course, it never feels good in the moment Mm -hmm. no one no one loves rejection um you know i remember one of the first times i felt it was 16 years old and i got cheated on and i found out in front of it was a very traumatic moment it's like the biggest like high school drama moment you can imagine i'm sitting at the lunch table with like my entire grade and you know someone walks up and tells me that my boyfriend had cheated on me you know with another girl and of course i had to play it cool like oh well his loss you know that stinks for him but, you know, ran to the bathroom and cried for hours. And it was so, it was so horrible. Like, I just remember in that moment questioning everything about myself. Like, what's wrong with me? And What's wrong with me? Why yeah. did he choose someone else? Like, you am know? I not good enough? And you exactly. go through that, too.
2: Like, reasons people settle. There's yeah. a lot. There's a long list of it. Like, yeah. what what what's wrong with me? Why am I not worthy? Am I not good enough? What do totally. I need to change? What are some of those things that people, why people settle? Yeah.
3: I mean, I would say one is they you know, feel unworthy of something better. I think for some people it's like, oh, I'm just going to settle for this relationship because maybe this is just as good as it's going to get or maybe I don't deserve better than this. Maybe because of my past or because of my upbringing or because of, you know, the decisions I've made up until this point. Like, this is just, this is what I deserve. Um, you know, I think for for some people, they fear that nothing better would come. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, this is just all it's ever going to be. This is probably how it is for everyone. Um, I think there's so many different reasons or we're just tired of waiting. Mm. I think for some people it's just like, Hey, I'm tired of waiting. And this is just like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm ready now. Yeah. Under I'm ready here, now. So Everyone just, else is, you know, in relationships and you feel that pressure of just culture and your environment. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to settle because it's a thing to do. And I don't want to fall behind and I don't want to be the only one. And I'm running out of time or whatever it may and be. Probably not worth more. Yeah, like exactly. Fine. So I think there's a lot of different, you know, things that can fall under that category. But. Yeah, my biggest thing is if I could just like send one message to like all my girls, it's like, don't settle, please. If you have any check in your heart or any feeling of just like lack of peace um, about a relationship or about someone like lean into that, lean into that hesitation, lean into, you know, that, that questioning, don't run from it or act like it's not there. Like lean into that because most of the time our gut, you know, feeling is right.
2: I would say like all the time.
3: We, we almost always know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like every time I either was like justifying, you know, yes. being in the relationship. Like, no, you don't understand. You don't know our relationship. And it's like, but deep down, I, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't good.
2: And what's on the other side of settling? Because you obviously didn't settle. Now you're married to this amazing guy, Grant. Y'all are so cute. Like, adorable. Thank you. And I feel like made in heaven. I watched an Instagram of y'all like doing a date night. Was it it probably Lake Lake Waco? Going to Lake Waco? Yes, painting.
3: Oh, it was so fun. It was like a date deck, like cards, and it told us what to do. He's like so not creative when it comes to dates. So I finally was like, there's a date deck. (laughs) we're going to open up a card and it's going to tell us what to do. And then we're going to do it. And he's like, praise God. He's like, I don't have to come up with it. And I'm like, okay. So for anyone listening, there are date decks that can tell you what kind of dates to do. But it was so cute. It was like, yeah, go buy, um, you know, the little canvases and paints and find, you know, a scenic background and paint. (sighs) Ah, spring is a time of renewal. So why not
2: refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? So what is on the other side of settling? When you found Grant, and he told you he loved you, like, real fast. Yeah. But you were, like, ready for it. Because yeah. you're like, okay, I have now done all of my due diligence and my, like, un- I've done my trial and error yeah. out there. I know what I'm looking for. Totally. What is not settling? What does that feel like?
3: Hmm. I think when we do settle, we, we immediately, like, set ourselves up for just confusion and chaos and just a lack of peace. Um, Like, I, I, there's been multiple times in my life where even if it was just for a season where I settled, you know, in relationships for two, three years um, where I continued putting off what I knew I needed to do because I feared not being in a relationship again I feared you know all my friends getting married and me being the only one who didn't get married and so I gave all these excuses I justified and I continued to stay in the relationship and what followed was a lack of peace discontentment just chaos just constant confusion Um, and it just led me to being in not the best like headspace and then now I can say you know Choosing to go and follow God's way and trust, like when it was of Him and when it was not, has led to now being in a place of like, there's just peace and there's joy and there's freedom. And it's not perfect. Like, it's definitely not perfect. We definitely still have moments of disagreeing and conflict and, you know, questioning the other person. But I would say, like, for the most part, there's so much peace, and God really is like the center and the foundation of our marriage and our relationship. And it's so it's so amazing when you know, like you can trust the other person because you can trust like their faith and their values. Yeah. Um, and there's someone worth following. Like I knew for me from the very beginning, Grant was someone worth following. And so I knew he was going to be able to lead me closer to, you know, to God closer to my purpose. Um, he would push me in, you know, even just like valuing myself and my identity. And so I, knew like from the beginning, like you said. Like I knew from literally day one, (laughs) our first date. I was like called my mom and I was like, I'm gonna marry this man. And it was just the way he like talked about the Lord. It was the way he talked about God. It was the way he, you know, treated people. Like even our waiter, he just like treated so well and asked questions and just made everyone around him feel so loved. And the way he shared, you know, his story, his testimony, I was just blown away. I was like, I've never met a man like this in my life. Like I would follow you anywhere. (laughs) So I just even to Waco, even to Waco, Texas, which I (laughs) cried about, uh, by the way, you were not excited. (laughs) I was not excited. But then I felt peace about it. And I was like, "Okay." like he definitely didn't drag me there kicking and screaming. I definitely found like peace before we said yes and committed. But it was not my first choice.
2: (laughs) Where were y'all living before?
3: So we got married in Dallas and then went on our honeymoon, got back from our honeymoon. And then that was when we moved to Waco. Are you you're a Texas girl? In Texas. Well, not born and raised. I was born in Alabama. Okay. Yeah. So I'm an Alabama girl. And then I'm three years in Texas now. With him. Uh, well, I lived with my roommate Janine for two years. And then him and I met while I was living with Janine. And then after we got married was when we moved to Waco and lived together. So. Yeah. How'd y'all meet? Through a mutual friend on a podcast. Talking about actually my like you and him book. were on the podcast at the okay, same no. time? Okay, So we were... On, I was on a podcast with a mutual friend of his and mine. And I, yeah, I, did, I had not made the connection. I didn't even know he existed. And so I was on this podcast podcast ended. And the guy that was interviewing me was like, are you single? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not looking for anyone. This was like the one time in my life where I was you like, not looking. I'm not looking like I'm busy. I'm overwhelmed. Like I don't need another, I don't need anything else in my life right now. The whole world has been weighing in on my love life. It's a little much. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. And uh, anyways, the podcast ended. He asked me that question. I was like, yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm single. And he was like, well, let me like, there's someone that came to my mind. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. And then if I feel good, like I'm going to, you know, like try and set you guys up. And I was just like, okay, like whatever. And like a month passed by, and then he was like, I really think you're supposed to go on a date with this guy, but he wouldn't tell me who. And then my roommate, uh, Janine at the time, uh, she like knew him, like they were like friends from just church. And so I pressure her. I was like, who is it? Cause I knew she knew. And I was like, and she's just, I knew she would tell me. Would and buckle. so yeah, <laughs> I was like, you have to tell me. And she finally told me. And so I like looked him up and I was like, he's really cute. He's played basketball. He loves Jesus. And I was you like, love perfect. basketball and Jesus. Oh, yes. this is so good. Oh yeah. I was like, this is a match made in heaven. Amazing. And so, um, I was like, sure, I'll go on a date with him." And then
2: the rest that was it like yeah. immediately,
3: literally immediately. Were We all both equally in love right away. Yeah, I would say I think he was a little bit more he I mean, he lived a pretty private life. Mm. So I would say like at first he was like, let me figure this out, <laughs> this public life. All right. Um. So I would say like that took a little bit of adjustment for him. But he knew at the beginning, like he was like, I've never met a woman who like was so sure of her faith and her identity in Christ as you were. And so like that's one of my favorite compliments that he gives me about me but that's what he kind of felt from the beginning but me from literally night one I was like no that's my husband (laughs) I was like that's for sure him that's him
2: was he intimidated with your past dating life it being so public I mean or was he just so sure in his faith and you're so sure in his faith that like it was not an issue because I mean that is a little intimidating and you got a ton of social media followers I mean you got a lot of people after you like looking at you weighing in you know big old public romance
3: yeah, I think he had never watched the show before, so that was helpful. Has he ever watched it? He's never watched the show, okay. um, which I hadn't even watched the show before I went on it. And so that was also helpful for me. But I think for him, like, he just wanted to get to know Maddie, like, off of social media, Maddie, you know, off of TV. And like, he got to know, he
2: found out about you, not through right. the show or social which media. Which was
3: such a God yeah. thing, I think, for the both of us to know, like, um, you know, we're in this for, like, the purest reasons and it was through a mutual friend and not like you saw something and so you like damned me or I don't know It just it was the most like god thing and so we both had peace you know from the very beginning with that and um Yeah, I mean, I would say like there was definitely a lot of evaluating we both had to do, which was cool because, I mean, I was literally writing this book as I was dating him. And so I got to really speak into this book of like, what does it look like to be in a relationship where you're evaluating the other person? You're also evaluating all together and trying to figure out like, okay, are you God's best for me? And then are we God's best for each other? And so I really got to speak from like a super authentic place, you know, in writing this book and in figuring that out myself.
2: <laughs> and I love that you put your vows in there. Yeah. That My was really
3: sweet. Yeah. That was really great. Yeah. We decided we wanted to write our own vows. And it's so funny. We, it was engagement season and we, well, we were only engaged for three months. We had a very short Y'all engagement. Y'all didn't need much time. Y'all no, like ready I was like, rock. we're ready to go. People <laughs> thought we were psycho. And I was like, sorry, like I'm just ready to be married to him. And then- when you're pursuing purity, I'm you're like, come on. The I mean, <laughs> I'm look- like, I'm not trying to wait forever. And so we knew. We were like... We're-, were you
2: extra nervous because like... I love that you're pursuing purity. I think that's wonderful, and you have three steps for pursuing purity, purity which I want to talk about. Was that yeah.
3: nerve wracking though? Because like yeah, and Grant and I have very different pasts too, yeah. and so um, you know his his past is redeemed, and <laughs> and mine, you know, was came in from a different angle, and so that was something we were both super prayerful about. But no, it was honestly just like so natural. I mean, we we prayed about it before, and um, it was it was great trying to get all sex life but (laughs) no it was great and I I I mean of course like I think with anything literally with anything within the context of a relationship like you know the more comfortable you get with someone the I guess like better the relationship is and feels and all the things um and so I think of course like it takes time and Mm -hmm. you know just continuing to work at it just like you work at your communication and your conflict and all the other things but it's been yeah it's been such a blessing so
2: So tell me the three steps or the three tips you have for purity. And I love this that you say, don't push the line as far as you can away from purity. Like try to stay as pure as you can. Like that's such a good distinction. Instead of like getting right to that line where like, okay, I'm not going to cross this line. Just try to like stay as pure as possible. That's like a great mind shift.
3: Yeah. I think I realize like purity in my life with my experience has just been such a gift and it has given so much more than like it's taken away, I guess, quote unquote. I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, like, well, I don't wanna I don't wanna give this up. Like this is fun or this is, you know, I have to have this in my relationship. And for me, I just I saw that purity in my life brought such peace and joy and freedom and confidence. And it just brought even more clarity to the relationship. Like I was really able to distinguish, are you the person that I want to do life with forever. And it's fully based on your character and your convictions and, you know, the, the vision we have set for our life and how we want to be purposeful and on mission with our life. And I was really thankful that there was, you know, not anything that was really like clouding that judgment. We were able to have such clarity and making those decisions and evaluating our relationship. Um, It's definitely not easy. Purity is (laughs) not pursuing purity for anybody. Like it's, it's not easy But I can testify that it's so worth it, Um, even if, you know, that hasn't always been your story, but you make a decision, you know, today for it to be your story from this point forward, Um, because it's something you even pursue in marriage, you know, Um, from what you look at to what you listen to, to, um, you know, who you allow in your circle and in your life. Like it it takes on all different forms. Um, But yeah, I talk about, you know, different ways that I've found that purity has really helped, you know, me in my life and protected me and how God has given me peace and pursuing that purity. And, um, you know, one is just like in prayer. Like I just always covered it in prayer. I was like, I can't do this without you, God. I really need you. You know, my, my feelings and my desires are strong, but I just trust that, you know, you're, you're even stronger. And so really like leaning on God, um, and then doing it, like, Pursuing purity in community and with people um, was really, really huge for. I mean, for me in all seasons of my life. Like, I think for me, you alluded to this early on, but I stumbled across pornography when I was like thirteen, and I carried such shame for so many years. Me too. Yeah, I, I
2: think I was like nine. Yeah, I didn't even know what I had found. I right. Like, oh my. You're God. like, what even is this? Because you're this?
3: you're still developing, and so your mind and your body is like, what's happening? And I think you know, for me, like those years that I kind of kept that like a secret, it was just eating at me and mm-hmm. I carried so much shame. And then I found in college, you know, a friend and someone that I, I trusted their relationship with God and I trusted that they loved and cared for me. And I confessed that. And I just said, Hey, you know, this was something that I I struggled with when I was 13 to like 15. And you know, I've carried so much shame since then. And I I don't want to walk in that. I want to walk in freedom. And they just like, they cared for me. They ended up sharing with me that it was a struggle they struggled with too, which I'd felt like I was the only one in the world. Which isn't that how we all feel? Yes.
2: When we keep it like secrets keep you sick. You yeah. know, it's like when you have this like secret, you yes. think you're the only one right. who's going through it. But then as soon as you share it,
3: you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> like literally, you're like, oh, like you struggle with this too. I'm not the only one who's had these struggles and secrets. And it doesn't secrets make me and, a bad person. Right. I just need help. Yeah. You know, exactly. talking it through and some guidance. Totally. And God you yeah. get in there. And in confessing that to a friend, like and have and surrounding myself with, you know, people that I could confess to you and, and that could hold me accountable. There was just such freedom in that and accountability in that. Like even those same people that would hold me accountable, like, hey, I know you're going on a date tonight. Like, you know, what? what's the plan? What's the layout? What's the what, what are you doing tonight? And like would text me and check up on me. And, you know, I told them I made it a rule that like when I get home from a date, you know, ask me everything that we did and like what our night consisted of. And I have to tell you. And that just, like, held me to such accountability to where, like, I would be thinking about that, of course, like, okay, I want to honor God. But then, too, it's like, oh, well, if I cross a line, like, I got to confess it and tell this to my friend. And so, like, that sort of accountability so helped guess, me so much. So the power of confession. Yes. I mean, and the Bible talks about it. Like, in James chapter 5, I think it's verse 16, it talks about, like, there is healing and there is freedom when you confess to someone, like truly there is healing that happens when you literally just say hey I'm bringing this secret to light like I'm just like I'm telling this to you and then they pray over you like there's such healing in that um and so yeah and then I would just say like the last one is just like know like your why and like pre-decide before the moment I love that Um, pre-decide like no no why like for me it wasn't enough for me to just say like oh, I just should save myself for marriage because that's just like the rule or like that's just like what I should do. For me, I wanted to know the why because I knew that if I lost the like my why, I would lose my way. Like it would mess me up every time if I was just trying to follow this rule. Like I wanted it to be you something so much reason. deeper. Yeah, I wanted there to be like a true conviction behind it. And so for me, like getting to that point of being like, okay, I really, really like for me, what it comes down to is like, I want to live in such a way where I honor God with every decision that I make. And in knowing that right now, like my, my body, my heart, my soul, my spirit is fully God's. And then one day when I get married and I say yes to, to someone forever, then it's going to be like fully theirs and still fully God's. But now I'm becoming one with another person. And so when that became my why. It was like so much more like oomph behind, you know, that decision rather than just like, oh, I just should do this. Um, And so I pre-decided outside of the moment of like, okay this is my why. This is my value. This is what I'm going to do so that when I, you know, would find myself in moments of temptation and it got late and we were in the car or we're sitting on a couch or whatever it may be, I would have to remind myself of that in those moments.
2: And I think people don't realize this, too, is when you are intimate with someone, all of that personal but the wiring of that person is transferred. Yeah. Like you really do like connect and take on that other person's energy in such an intimate way that yeah. it's transferred into your being. You know, you have to be very, it's, I, I didn't know all that when I was younger, but like now I'm just
1: like, you really get a lot of baggage.
4: perfect home sweet home
2: growing up this world is so hard to navigate and that's why like I love that you wrote this book I love that you are like speaking this message loud all over the place I love that you're being that beacon because I feel like in this world especially and I've been in the entertainment industry now for so many years people who have a platform A lot of times don't speak up about God, you know, because it's just not really in our culture all the time. And there's so many forces that are trying to take people down that are stealing our joy, that are stealing people's souls. And people get lost in it all because you don't even know how to navigate because we're not taught how to protect ourselves. You're not like this book that you lay out. You're giving step by steps of how to keep your heart protected and safe with God so then you can actually have joy and have a happy, fulfilling life and not be broken hearted all the time because yeah. the world will break your heart. So I love and take advantage of you because it's just this world that we live in, which is so traumatic. Yeah. But I love that you are just like with a megaphone yelling, like saying all this out loud and you're being this beacon
3: because we need it more than okay. ever. Thank you. And and I think it's you know a lot of it is like i've just fallen a lot of times and i'm like i've learned a lot and, and you're I've, sharing i've failed you know along the ways i'm definitely no relationship expert by but any means you're sharing means, you what know? you've
2: learned and yeah. you really i feel like after reading your book and like seeing your journey like you really know what's good and what's true mm-hmm. and you know that that's god yeah. and that's really all there is to it and yeah. i finally like i feel like i'm finally at that place like i've always known god is what's good and what's true but I've just tried to do my human existence so hard totally. on my own for so many times. And I feel like I've finally fallen so many times and been in the mud so hard. Like this last three years, I feel like I was actually in like cement mm. and finally coming out of it. I'm like, okay, I think I just got to start saying loud and proud that like it's all about God like, yeah. and just talking about that. But it's kind of like nerve wracking when you start talking about that.
3: Yeah. Do you ever feel that? I mean, it's definitely, I would not say like the world we're living in, like you were alluding to, it's not popular and it's not what you know, most people are doing. And so there's definitely going to be backlash and hate and, you know, a lot of opinions around it. And for me, it just comes down to it's like, I don't know, like, I just know what matters most. And I just I've found like the gospel and God's love for me and just the hope and the peace that's found in Jesus to be the greatest love of all time. And like that was my heart behind this book is like I've searched in people, places, things, status all the things um, for love and for completion and for fulfillment and for satisfaction. And it's like those things satisfy for a moment and then leave me even more empty than before. And I've just found with the Lord, like I am always, always, always satisfied and content. And there is a peace and a joy that surpasses knowledge and understanding that comes with just following him and trusting in him and it is the greatest decision i have ever made and it is a love that is available to every single one of us but it's up to us to receive it and accept it because i've been around like you know people who have the biggest following you know and the most um money and just every single thing i think most people think that they want and yet they're still going to bed at night saying like is there more like is there more than this and then i've just I've also seen people who like don't really have much of what the world would call, you know, a lot and they have Jesus and yet they have everything and joy. they have joy. They have peace, they have contentment. And so I've just seen in my own life, it's like, it's not, it's not found in a relationship status. It's not found in a job. It's not found in a following. It's not found in anything of this world, but it's found in a love so much greater um, and in a faith in God. And that has truly been the love that like has transformed everything for me
2: i totally agree with you i feel like i got into the music business and the music industry because i wanted to be validated i wanted people to love me yeah i wanted to become famous because i just thought oh my god if i could get famous then people will think i'm wonderful and this giant hole in my heart will be filled and i grew up going to church i mean i grew up knowing about god i didn't have like i had great parents but like i was like if i could just like be seen by the world then i could be validated and loved and i could be happy and then i got into all of this stuff and then you realize there's such like a fourth wall behind it all yeah. once you like get behind the scenes of like what it takes to actually make it in any kind of entertainment industry or really any industry in general there's so much corruption there's so many things that like you just lose yourself doing mm-hmm. and same that kind of thing seeing so many celebrities love so many celebrities like so many great people but seeing so many people not happy Mm -hmm. you know and it's like okay you have money you have success you have fame but yet you're not happy
3: Mm -hmm.
2: i don't want that i don't want what you have i want happiness i want peace i want joy i want contentment i want to wake up and feel like i am actually in my purpose which is using my gift to help other people feel like they have a purpose, which Mm -hmm. is ultimately to wake up to God, that we're Mm -hmm. all here to love our life and to spread this love and to help each other. Mm -hmm. I feel like get to that love. Yeah, yeah. But you can't get it. I mean, you can enjoy the other things in life, but that cannot be the guiding light.
3: Yeah. And that was what I realized, you know, that moment where I felt like, you know, convicted in my heart of you're looking for the right thing in all the wrong places of just like you're trying to find this divinity in humanity. You're trying to find this you know, unconditional lasting love that meets every longing and desire of your heart in another person. And that's just not possible because, you know, that like silly, uh, not silly, but that like phrase that we've heard so many times of like, we have a God shaped hole in our heart. It is, you know, it's really true. Only God can fill it. Only God can fill it because he's the one who created it. And so he's the only one that can satisfy it. And I've learned that through a lot of ups and downs and failures and mistakes, um, in unmet expectations, but ultimately, you know, truly realizing like he is the only love that will satisfy.
2: And I actually, um what was I gonna say? so
3: important to tell you about this. Yeah. What what were you saying right before that about the God shaped hole? Yeah. There's a God shaped hole in our hearts that yeah. ultimately only he can fill yeah <laughs> it's like right there on the tip of your tongue i can feel it It was
2: a really great point it's it gonna to be me. really powerful it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be great how do you know when you have a red flag because you talk about red flags
3: yeah so i have oh my gosh i've hit this microphone 500 times i mean i'm, I'm like, giving whoops. a great side view to this camera too.
2: It's, <laughs> it's going on it's going on <laughs> we're being real okay it's called
3: get real yeah um oh and then i know what
2: i'm gonna say how do you deal with the suffering of the world because mm. that is a very stressful thing for me but yeah, let's talk about red flags. I get overwhelmed by the suffering of the world. So is that why you write this book? So you're like, let me share good good news with a yeah. sad
3: world. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, again, that's why it's like if your hope is in this world, like you're going to constantly be let down and you're going to like whether your hope is ever in Jesus, like your hope is going to continue to be let down if it's at all in this world. Like and for me, knowing that like my hope is in heaven and that this world is not my home, but that I'm living for something bigger than me and for something greater than anything this world can give me. Gives me peace because this world is suffering and because this world is dark and it feels like it's one thing after another. And it's like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to get better? Is this ever going to end? And there's just so many moments where I'm like, I'm so grateful that my hope is not in a spouse, that my hope is not in a job, that my hope is not even in myself, that my hope is in something so much greater than all of that.
2: Um, I get lost in, and then let's not forget to talk about red flags because I love that. I get lost though in the innocent being taken advantage of yeah that's what like really takes me to my knees like in like the kids and all the stuff i'm like whew that's like real heavy yeah you know yeah i mean it like gets me every time i'm like how is that going on like how is there so much evil and i do believe so much in god but i'm like how are all these innocent lives just constantly
3: yeah
2: getting destroyed Mm -hmm. like how do you how do you how do you process that because that like I can't even, like, sometimes think about it because I literally, like, ruin my day. Yeah. And then I'm not of any use to anything. But I'm like, how do you process that? Like, the child trafficking, that one I just can't get over. And, like, all that. The children, really.
3: And that's, like, one of my biggest passions. I remember in high school, I wrote an entire, like, senior thesis on human trafficking and actually the link to pornography because the two actually are very much linked together. I know. Um, and just realizing like how big that industry is and how corrupt it is that how many people are involved that you would be shocked by is so disheartening and frustrating and discouraging and appalling. And I think for me, it's like, I can't, there's so many things I can't understand. Like there's so much I can't make sense of. Like one of my very closest people in my life who like loves God with all of her heart and, has the purest soul just like lost her 23 year old brother to a car accident. And I'm like, I can't make sense of that. Like why? Like why? You know? And I think there's just so much that I'm like, I'll never understand on this side of eternity. And we live in a broken, dark and sinful world.
2: I know. And it's
3: just like, that is the reality that's, it's been that way since sin entered in, which is like, we find out about in literally the third chapter of the Bible. Um, and since that moment the world has been broken and the world has been in desperate need of <laughs> a perfect savior um and it's just yeah it's there there is no perfect answer but i think for me it's like realizing i'm never going to understand but i am just going to turn to the one who like is the only hope in it all and like i know that one day there will be Like I will be in a perfect heaven and like that is when everything will be perfect and there will be no sin and there will be no brokenness and there will be no shame and there will be no people getting taken advantage of. And I know like that's what I know and it's like that's what I can cling to is like that side of hope and light and truth and goodness. Because when I dwell on the other and the Ugh. darkness, because I'm very justice oriented and it like keeps me up at night. Um, I would say like trafficking and, you know, children who are abused and neglected. Like those are like my same biggest things. I worked in foster care and adoption and oh man. for a long time. And I oh, saw sad How about you saw so much? <laughs> yeah. And you
2: don't want to turn a blind eye to it, but it's so hard to yeah. see.
3: And that's where it's just like you you help how you can help. Like we should all be one, praying, I think, yeah. for those who are like who don't have a voice in a way, like who have been stripped of their voice and who have been um abused and taken advantage of, like being a voice for them and advocating for them, praying for them and then helping them however we can, whether that's donating, giving, spreading awareness um, I think that is where we do have a role as, you know, a society, as humans, as Christians, like to step up and to do what we can. Um, And then just like prayer is so powerful, honestly, like I've just seen that change so much in my life and in um, you know, circumstances around me is just like the power of prayer and like even coming together, coming together with together other in people like and praying, like just praying for justice again, you know, praying for our nation to return under God again, praying for, um, you know, just our our government and people making big decisions and people who have a lot of control and just all of those things, you know, and yeah, just the whole the whole thing. Um, prayer, prayer has been the thing that I've clinged to when I don't have the answers
2: Well, and I love talking to people like you because I can get just lost in my feelings and then I sometimes can just live at the bottom of the drain with them but I love seeing you like take your platform do something with it like you're making a book that's going to be helpful to people reading it to give them courage to stand in their faith to pursue their faith like you're doing something that is going to encourage Mm. people to go towards God you are going to be that beacon of light like and I think that when you come back down to it, it's like, what can you do, you know? Yeah.
3: yeah, totally. How
2: can you use your life and your platform and your
3: community and whatever influence you have wherever you live to bring people to light? Yeah. And know that you're not alone. Like, I think all of our stories in a way are, of course, different, but there is like a commonality in just like the wrestle within and just like bringing those like secrets and, and the shame and the all the different things that you feel like confessing it and bringing it to light. Like don't let it fester in darkness because I've just found in my own life that's where things just multiply and spread. Insecurity spreads, lies, like lies that I believe spread um, and, and just shame spreads. It, shame spreads in secrecy. And so just bringing those things to the light and inviting people in. Um, you know, no matter what your story is, you know, whether it's a mistake that you made or, or someone, you know, even taking advantage of you against your will, don't keep it dark and hidden, like bring it into the light and, and yeah, just know like you're not alone in that. And it's so sad to say that it's way more common than I think any of us would ever realize. Like even working with a lot of young adults and college students, like just the amount of, you know, young girls that I talk to that. You know, struggle with pornography, or that have been taken advantage of, or you know, all these different things. Like it's, it's, it's very common, and so it's, it wrecks me. And I'm pretty much in my prayer closet every morning, praying. You have, a player, a
2: prayer closet? I have a prayer
3: closet. Yeah. I interviewed
2: this other amazing girl named Harper Grace, who actually loves you so much. She's a oh. country artist, and she's like super strong in her faith. I and she that. has, she sang the national anthem when she was 11 years old. It went viral for the worst national anthem of all time she was getting like knives put in her mailbox like hate mail she ate every single meal at school alone in her locker in her in her in the bathroom stall and she could have easily like thrown in the towel but instead she like she went hard into her faith in god and she has a prayer closet she forgave everyone and now she has a single out called oh say can you see me now and it's all about like god and like she went on a tour where she's singing the national anthem. And that's amazing. It's just such a redemption story. But she was telling me about her prayer closet and how she goes in there all the time and writes on her wall. Yeah. What do you do in your prayer closet? Oh,
3: girl, <laughs> I everything. I'm going to in my prayer closet. No, truly. I, that's just like for me every single morning, like where I'm filled up with God's love to be able to have the love that I need to give to those around me. Like I'm like, I have nothing if I haven't first been filled up. By God, because yeah, totally. if I try and go just out on my own, then they're just getting madly, and nobody needs that. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty great. <laughs> nobody needs that. I'm like, <laughs> let's get, let's give them God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's just every morning, like coming over God. You know, opening up the Bible, praying Scripture and truth over myself, over over the world, over my marriage, over my city, um, church and family, and so much more um and just like yeah just communing communing with god i think a lot of times we see like prayer is weird and we think that like our relationship with god is um so different than our relationship with other people but it's like weirdly very similar you mm-hmm. know like it's i feel like it would be weird if you know we were friends but we never talked right and so for me prayer is like one of my favorite ways to connect with god um and just yeah talking listening praying truth um, is, is huge. So yeah, we, my husband also uses the prayer closet. <laughs> How do you feel God talked to you? You know, through his word, I think through people and then sometimes just like things just being pressed on my heart. You know, I think sometimes there's not, you know, it's not this like audible voice, but Maddie, it's, you know, written in, God. The, written in the clouds, <laughs> not that he can't do that. But I would just say that, you know, for me, it is usually looks like, um, Yeah. Just like feeling something light on my heart. You know, when I say God speaks to me, I really mean like he just like laid it on my heart. Like I just felt, you know, whether I felt a piece to do something or um, I felt, you know, a word laid on my heart um, or he uses other people, you know, to to speak to me. So, yeah, lots of different ways. And once you get in the practice of
2: like recognizing it,
3: then you can notice. Okay. Right. That's that's God. The more you spend time with God, the more you'll know his voice. Just like the more you spend time with anybody, the more you'll know them, you know? So the more time we spend together, the more I'll know your humor and your, you know, the things about you and how you speak and how you talk. And so for me, it's like, okay, I've got to, I got to spend that time with God. If I'm going to, if I'm saying I want to live for him and I want, you know, to follow his peace and where he's leading me and to know his voice, then it takes that intentionality of like setting aside that time with him every single morning. And just like throughout the day too. But I forgot to answer your question on red flags.
2: Oh, yeah. Let's hear about the red
3: flags. <laughs> totally different topic. No. Yeah. It's great, though. <laughs> From prayer to red flags. I'm like, actually, you know, they all go together. It's fine. They do. It all is like. It all clicks. It does. Um,
2: Red flags are huge. And I feel like huge. it is so easy to ignore them, especially when you're dating someone yeah. super sexy or something or cool. Totally. Or like you said, you just think maybe you won't get someone else again or you're not worth it. There's a million reasons why you're going to want to ignore the red flags. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and the red flags that you tolerate or ignore at the beginning end up laying the groundwork for the relationship that you build on. Oh, drop the mic. Which is like, hey, let's be let's lean into the red flags, not run from them. Let's say that again. The red oh, flags that you tolerate in the
2: beginning end up laying the groundwork for the future of your relationship. Yeah.
3: It is wow, so you mu- just so remember that. That one <laughs> hit me right
2: when you said it and I really have a memory of a goldfish, so that one was like strong. Yeah. But I really feel like if you you can't ignore that and it will it's like who you marry and who that who you spend your life with mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been married almost 10 years literally determines 90 percent of your happiness yeah. so i can say that 100 percent true and my husband and i are great we've continued to grow together for our whole journey and it's been wonderful yeah but you are that person. Yeah. They, are they shape your becoming.
3: Everything. They shape you know, everything about you. Your relationships. We were not made to do life alone. We need people around us, but the people we surround ourselves with matter so much. And so, yes, obviously romantic relationships, but even, even friendships. Yeah. Like our environments matter so much. Um, and you
2: talk about this in the book too, like who you surround yourself with. Yeah, it's huge.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's hear these red flags. So red flags. I have a whole chapter called "Love is Blind" red flag alert, and we talk about like seven different red flags. And you have a really cute Instagram post where you're po- popping all the red flag balloons. <laughs> <Yeah>. So
2: cute.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. It was that was actually really fun. I was like, I should do this more. I'm yeah. like taking out like my anger yes. on these balloons. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. Well, listen, ice cream in a pillow. Sometimes. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> great. Everything's great. Everything's great. Um. Yeah. So I think for me, what I realized. Was, there were multiple times in my life where I was ignoring red flags because I was justifying why the relationship could work and trying to force it and make it happen. Which sounds crazy now that you say it out loud, because you've gotten to your true love and you're married and you know. That but in it was, the moment, you
2: think you'll never get there. You think it's not going to exist. You right. think it's not going to happen. Totally.
3: And you're just you're so caught up in your feelings, and that's why it's so important. We just touched on this, but to have people in your life. I've had so many times like relationships I'd be in where people would have to come up to me and be like, Maddie, I think you're blind to this. And so like, I think your feelings are all wrapped up and your emotions are all wrapped up in this, that you're not seeing clearly. And so I just want to call like to your attention. There's just some things I'm seeing that I don't think is God's best for you. And I am so grateful that I have not just like, yes, people in my life, but people who are like, no, it's not. It's not good. You actually need no people not, in your life. It's not cute. It's not cute. It's not good. Yeah, your like mom is that. Oh, she's. I already love your. Truly mom. one of the best gifts on this planet I love her I love how she prayed
2: for you to hate that one boyfriend who was like terrible and then you woke up and you just couldn't stand him I was like oh my gosh
3: mommy true. intense prayers I love and her that. prayers work <laughs> the amount of times that I, I finally looked at her and I was like you've prayed a lot of people out of my life you mind uh praying one in I would I wouldn't mind you to pray the right one in it's about time uh That's so funny. she's literally the best her prayers are powerful mm-hmm. um a mom's yeah. prayer nobody loves like a mama oh she's yes if you're lucky to have a great mom yeah Yeah, it's I am very blessed that she has been truly like such a rock star in my life of just wisdom and prayer. And I'm grateful for that. But even like beyond family, like having friends, having mentorship, having accountability. know people. Yeah, that'll just like say the things that you don't always want to hear, but that you need to hear. You need to hear. And not, and not doing it to hurt you, but to help you. And Mm. I think sometimes that can be hard when it's not what we want it to be. It's like, no, you're just, you know, you're just saying that because of this and you're just trying to hurt. And it's like, no, if they really love you and they want what's best for you, they're going to say things that might hurt you in a moment, but might save you for the long term. And I'm like, I'm so grateful for the friends that weren't afraid to like hurt my feelings because in a they moment love you. because they love me and it ended up saving me so much more in the long term and so for me having those friends that could see the blind spots in my life um, were really really huge but I talk about you know seven different red flags Um yes. a yes, few yes. of those one is like don't date potential mm. don't date someone for who nope. they can be that's a big one because I think so often we're like especially like here in Nashville there's um. all these
2: like potential artists which actually everyone <laughs> don't date them oh, ever <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Like, do not date someone who you think is going to be great.
1: (laughs) Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks,
4: or perfect home, sweet home.
3: Well, and I think what's hard is like we, I think it's in the heart of we want, we want to see the best in people, right? Like we, we or you want to see the best in them because you want it to be the best for right. you. Ultimately, or, yeah, we want this like fixer upper, right? We want this they, like crazy, like Hollywood movie romance where the bad guy changes good for you. Right. And yes. It never works out like that. It no. never, I, I want to say like 2% of the time, if that it actually works out like that. And it's like, don't date a fantasy. Mm. Date reality. Like, mm. who are they right now? Don't date someone's potential. Look at their patterns. Look at their purpose. Who are they Who are they from a consistent day-to-day basis? What decisions are they making? Who are they surrounding themselves with? Who are they doing life with? Are they a person of their word? Do they have strong integrity? I mean, so many things what to evaluate. Goals? Yes, and like, do your goals align? Right. Um, and so I think those are the things we should be evaluating is like patterns and purpose. And do you have peace about it? it over potential or even over like passion you know mm. I think sometimes our passion and chemistry and lust you know can cloud our judgment because oh we're like you know you're hot Or yes. you know you but it's like we don't need someone who just can just die to make out with people oh. That's
2: like my favorite thing I would just like go to the bars and I'm like oh my god I just have to make out with you you're so good looking
3: oh my but gosh with that and that is that's real it's that, really not I mean truly yeah. a lot of us probably think we just don't say so thank you for saying oh it. I was a make out bandit I really was like very I was very good about keeping myself pure until I didn't and then I had like a year and I was like oops well and and truly I think that can keep us from like God's best because we can be so clouded by yeah. like you're totally good wrapped looks. up in an
2: infatuation
3: listen so I got this one guy he
2: like pulled up on his like wake on his like paddleboard with his little dog in front and he had this like <laughs> buffalo tattoo and I'm like or did I dream you up? You know, like, did I make you up in my mind? Am I
3: asleep right now? <laughs> yeah, because you're perfect. And of course it wasn't. But yeah, yeah. man, it's, it's easy to fall for the lust. And good. Well, listen, when times are tough, I'll tell you, good looks are not enough. You uh-huh. need something no. that good good you need a man not enough at all. You need a man that not just like turns you on. You need a man that you can lean on. Like you need someone that can truly be there and that you trust like, who they are when no one's around. You trust their relationship with God. You trust their values. You trust, you know, who they are with their people. I mean, yes, that that's the kind of person that you want that you have that you can have a peace about knowing. That's the like, only way you'll be able to sustain a yes. healthy relationship. So yeah, don't date potential. No, I don't love date that. potential. And then I would say like if their behaviors don't follow their beliefs, mm. like if they're not following who they say that they are. Um, I think sometimes we're like, is this the person like, God, show me, reveal it to me. And, and he's like, uh, hello, just look at their behavior. Just look at who they are. like, (laughs) What else do you need? (laughs) I literally like, I basically made a billboard for you. (laughs) Like, I don't need to show you much else. Like sometimes truly like their behavior is the answer. So the yeah. question that you're asking is like, just look at who they are. Look at their behaviors because their behavior will reveal what they truly value. Mm. Like they, it will reveal what they truly value. And so if you want to know who someone is, look at what they value. Their behaviors will follow that. And if they say they value you, they will treat you as if they value you, you know, it's not going to be like, Oh, they will one treating day you like crap. And they're like, no, but I, I, I'm gonna I, grow I into it. You. I, I, yeah, I just got to grow up. Like it's just this season or whatever the excuse may be. It's like, No, if their patterns and their actions and their behaviors aren't aligning with the words that they're saying, red flag. Mm.
2: Okay, two little quick stories and then we'll wrap up. Okay, first off, on The Bachelor, when you went home to your family, I will never forget this because I was so, I remembered I like wanted to take a mental note. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I was like, I want to do that with my family. Y'all do this like plate Special
3: plate. (laughs) I was like, that is so
2: (laughs) sweet. And what a sweet way to like, Explore your a person in your family, what they're, how? What was it? I just remember it was like the sweetest moment.
3: Yeah, we've been doing it literally since I was a child. Um, I don't know whose idea it was. My mom or my dad's. But yeah, we had this thing in our family where uh, like every time we would sit down and have dinner together at the dinner table... One person out of the five of us would have a different plate than everyone else, and that would be the special plate. And so, and it didn't even have to be like a crazy fancy plate, like sometimes it was literally like a plastic it's plate like a that was a different color. Yeah. yeah, but it was called the special plate. And if you had the special plate, every single other person had to go around the table and say one thing, like affirming about you, or one <gasps> special thing about you that they've noticed maybe that week or that is just so sweet. lately. And it was so cool because and like sometimes it was funny, like my youngest sister, we still joke every now and then about this, but when she was really little, every time she would get it, she would just like always affirm my mom, even if it wasn't my mom. We're like, um, Mary, it's my special plate. And she was like affirming my mom. But it was always the same answer. It was like, um, I love you because you love me. And that was like always her answer. But it would just every single week, it just gave us an opportunity to just speak life over each other and just it's like affirm mind. and that
2: person. Yes. Yes. Because we forget what's special about ourselves sometimes.
3: Totally. Yeah. So it's really cool. And it's a cool thing to even integrate into like, you know, a a friend coming over or someone you're dating coming over um, or a husband, you know, a spouse, whatever. Um, Because it's like then it like puts them on the it's like, okay, now you have to go around and say special things about us. And and it shows you if they're like really paying attention, you know, Mm -hmm. to like the intentional things, um, you know, that about a person's personality or quality or faith or values or whatever.
2: And then one more story, which I have a daughter who's four, and so like I so cute. I read this part of your book, and I was like, "Oh my god, that would be so hard as a kid." You had gotten a bike with like training wheels, and you're like <laughs> super stoked about it, and it was pink with like streamers. And I just got Sunny one of those. It's like pink with so streamers, cute. and she loves it. She's on her little training wheels, like cruising the hood. It's really adorable. She just loves it. But your dad was like, "Okay, you need to give that to your younger sister."
3: Yeah, I was devastated.
2: That's ho- that's like a <laughs> that's a
3: huge testing moment that your dad just like dropped on you. Yeah, I was devastated. I remember he like comes into my room and he's like cuz he he made it a moment for you. Oh yeah, it was you. a moment. And like that I mean, I think like my parents did such a good job of like trying to find very like practical things to like usher in you know god (laughs) yeah and to teach us life lessons (laughs) and so like you know something as silly as like something about a bike you know my dad used that as an opportunity to like teach me about something way more valuable but yeah he came in and he just was like hey you know you've had this bike for a little bit I know you love it but you know what do you think about giving it to your younger sister um I think not I think not I I was appalled (laughs) I was like, I will give you the dollhouse. I will give you my new tennis shoes, but I'm not going to give you my bike. Like I was so I was like, how dare you ask that of me? And uh, I just remember like he was he was super sad that like I didn't, you know, agree at first. But I was like, I I said, okay, I'm going to think about it. You know, this is like a big decision for me. It's probably like one of the bigger decisions in your life at that point. Oh, absolutely. I was like, let me think about this. And, you know, the next day I had tears in my eyes and I was like, Dad um, okay. I really thought hard about it and I just, I trust you and I love you. And so I know that she needs it more than me. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give you like, I'm going to give her the bike. Oh, And uh, I like brought him the little helmet. It was such a dramatic (laughs) moment. And he's probably like fighting back, like laughing, but, uh, he just used that moment to be like, Maddie, I'm so proud of you. And like, he, he, gives her the bike or whatever. And, and I'm, watch her get And it? I'm watching her get excited and I'm kinda sitting there and I'm like, Okay, so you like, able to like I did a good excited? deed. I was like, I did a good deed. I'm I'm, I'm that's so great. Happy for you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm fighting back tears. <laughs> But then he leads me out, he like takes me around the corner, he grabs my hand and he's like, I wanna show you something. And he takes me around the corner and he shows me this like bigger bike without training wheels, super cool, like definitely more expensive than the other one. And i just felt like the most, the coolest, most important person on the planet that my dad would pick out something like this for me. And that he would take time to think about me like that. And I just remember hugging him so tight. And he just like told me that moment. He was like, Maddie, I'm so proud of you because you traded in good enough. For something better. like you didn't even know the better was there. And I had no idea. (laughs) But he like showed me. He was like, sometimes God is going to ask things of you. Like he's going to ask you to lay down something that you don't want to lay down Mm. because it feels good in the moment. Mm. But you have to trust that when he asks you to lay it down, he's got something so much better for you. (sighs) That's big. And I was like, <laughs> and how old were you? Okay. Probably like, I don't know. I don't know. How old are like you when like you nine? Like, mm. like young. You're like a kid. Seven? That,
2: that reminds me of that teddy bear thing, you know, where yes. God's
3: like, yes.
2: But I love my teddy bear. And it's this tiny little yes. teddy bear, but God's like, give me the teddy bear. And he has like a giant one the behind his one back. One behind him. In the but mature. you don't yes. know it's there. No, That's literally. such a good lesson for life, though. Like, there, there is something waiting for you that will bless you. Yeah. But you, should, you have to trust. Yeah.
3: And yeah. trusting is really hard. So hard. And sometimes it's, it's peace. Like, sometimes it's not in the context of a person or a thing. It's just, it's inward peace. It's joy. It's, you know what I mean? And I think that's what I've seen is like sometimes the better that awaits me is different than what I expected, but it's greater than what I could have imagined.
2: Exactly. Because we get one idea of how it should be because we've pieced together what it could be based on like our own life yeah. and what we've seen, but we have no idea because history's writing itself every single day. Right. You know? So who knows what can happen? There's infinite potential. I think I realized that when I was in my band and, like, the band abruptly ended. I thought my life was over. And then all of a sudden, I got a call to go on The Amazing Race. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I would have never, ever, ever, ever dreamed that up. And it was the greatest experience of my life. One of them. But, like, could never plan for it. Didn't even know that was an option.
3: You know? That's so crazy. Yeah. You just yeah walk by faith and life will be what life will be full of surprises but like man just the journey is so it's so worth it when you choose to live a life of faith and just be like okay trust your god like don't know what's gonna come of this but i just trust that your ways are better than mine i love it
2: okay the love everybody wants what the love everybody wants what you're looking for is already yours so true (laughs) it's right there in your heart with god amen and you know what you give some amazing steps of how to really i love that you give steps i love a step Mm -hmm. i think steps and like tangible actions that you can like really apply to your life you give such great applicable advice thank you it's really great especially for young girls like i feel anyone young anyone but like yes girls like read this book before you dive hard into the dating world or if you're already in there read it now so you can like (laughs) clean it up (laughs) Totally. But it's so great. I love what you're doing with your life, with your platform. I admire you for that. I am grateful for you for that. I'm so grateful to see beacons of light in the world who Mm -hmm. are, like, like sharing God's message on a big platform. We need it. We need your inspiration. So
3: just thank you for following God and sharing your journey with us. Thank you. And thank you for you being a light. And it's so cool to see, like, what God can do with a yes. Like, just us being like, okay, God, use me. And just what that... It looks different for all of us, but just what he can do with that is abundantly more than we could ever imagine. So, thank you for just having me and being awesome. I feel like I just met a best friend, and now we're Waco <laughs> girls for life. I know. I mean, like we're hard for Waco. You live in Waco. Oh, you're gonna come hang, and we're gonna find Joanna Gaines, and we're gonna hang out with her. I mean, two five four for life. Let's go. Is that still the area code? I have no idea. I uh, you're
2: still that. new. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll show you the <laughs> website.com. I'll take you all Perfect.
3: the. Have you been to Small's? What is that? It's the best sandwich shop in the world. Oh, amazing. I'm (gasps) trying to find good food there, so you can definitely show me. Smaltzes. Yeah.
2: I got to know what part of town you live in. We can talk about that later, but like Smaltzes is my favorite. I have to go every single time I go home. It's so good. Amazing. Yes. I always leave with Leave Your Light.
3: What do you want people to know? It's wide open. Oh. We alluded to this a little bit um, in the podcast, but I would just say Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. Nothing in this world will give you what you're looking for truly Jesus is the only one and that's coming from someone who has been in seasons of abundance and seasons of lack and i have just found Jesus is the only one I can second that with the abundance and the lack and I went looking for it in all the wrong places (coughs) didn't
2: find it I'm having a cough attack hey it's okay I (coughs) hack every single time before I go on a podcast (coughs) something's in my throat (laughs) (laughs) well great news we've wrapped up Maddie you're amazing everyone get her book it comes out September 19th yes Okay? Woo! You're
3: awesome. Bye. I'm like literally have tears in my eyes. I'm like... is it so meaningful to you? You're crying?
2: <laughs> yeah. This is tears the best podcast ever. ever. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Hey, you cry too. I know. I We're always criers. cry. We're I always cry. I cry at least once or twice a day. It happens. I cried earlier today. I was like full-blown snot crying. In the, uh, oh. was, I had another podcast earlier. That
1: was great. Okay. Bye.
4: Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
0: For years, and I really like it.